Welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hi, everyone. I'm Lara Nassessian and welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast. I am so excited to be here with each of you today and talk about something which I am really passionate about, and that is how to build a powerful personal brand. Building a personal brand is more important now than it ever has been. It is not going away anytime soon. And it really is the foundation of how we're operating, how we're showing up, how we're conducting business, how we are, you know, driving people to our call of action, how, you know, we're operating in terms of, you know, our BDM, the days of, you know, cold calling and things like that are becoming less and less. And the manner in which we are showing up in terms of building a personal brand and having a voice and having something to say is becoming more and more important. And it is so important to develop this, you know, great reputation online, which is consistent with who you are in real life. And previously, you know, the first impression that we would have of someone would be meeting them face to face in person. And now the first impression is really looking at that person's online profile. You know, what does their LinkedIn profile look like? What is their Instagram, their Facebook? You know, are they on TikTok? Are they on Clubhouse? You know, all of these things are becoming more and more important. And it's really important to show up in an authentic way that makes sense to you as well, because I think that people are becoming much more clued up now. You know, people are spotting fakes. You know, people can, you know, read through and see through people who are not being authentic. And you've really got to kind of show up in a way that's authentic to you and real, because I think at some point you probably get caught out if you don't. Um, but it's really important, like underlying, I guess the underlying point that I'm trying to get across today in this episode is that you've got to be out there in some level. And before we jump into today's episode and get through my key tips in terms of how to build a powerful personal brand, I just wanted to take a moment, you guys know the drill, um, to subscribe, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcast. If you've done that already, thank you so much. I cannot tell you how much that means to me. Your beautiful reviews just blow me away. Um, So I'm so, so grateful. And if you haven't done it already, then please take a moment to do so. It really does take like two seconds and I can't tell you how much it helps this podcast grow and also make sure that we are reaching the right audiences. And the other thing I will say too is if you haven't already checked out Boss in Heels TV on YouTube, then jump over to my new YouTube channel. I will put the link in the show notes to make it really easy for you guys to jump over and um, to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Like honestly, the support really does not go unnoticed. So thank you so, so much. So without further ado, I want to jump into today's episode and I want to talk about building a personal brand because I think that it is something like I mentioned um, in my intro that 
is becoming more and more important. You know, it's absolutely become a necessity in our era and, you know, in our digital age that we are living in. And the reality is that if you don't have an online presence, you're not only doing yourself a disservice because you're keeping yourself small and you're keeping yourself safe, but you're also doing a disservice to the people who need to hear what you have to say in the way that only you can say it. And so you might be thinking, Lara, you know, everything's already so saturated. There's already, you know, so many Instagram accounts that are doing so well. There's already so many podcasts. There's already so many YouTubers. There's already so many, you know, this, that, and the next. And Yes, there's a lot of people doing it, but that does not mean that there's not space for you to do it too. And I think when you show up in the way that only you can show up, which is in your authentic self, then you're going to reach certain audiences that, you know, might not these other big influences might not actually speak to the people that, you know, need to hear from someone like you. And that's a really important point to make because no one else is you, like no one else is you and that is your power. And if I had adopted that same thought process, then I would have never started a podcast either. I would have just said, well, well, there's already so many great podcasts out there. Who am I to start my own podcast? But the reality is that my podcast has helped so many people to the degree that I get messages on a daily basis saying how much this podcast has positively impacted someone's life or helped them in their career or the fact that it has changed their life. Like that is some kind of message to get from someone that they've gone out of their way to message me or email me and say, Lara, thank you so much for creating this podcast and for showing up every week. It's changed my life. Like that is not something that I take lightly. And the thing is that if you don't show up, then it's not just doing yourself a disservice, but it's also doing a disservice from the people that really need to hear from you. And What I want to try and get across in today's message is that if you are being held back because of feelings of fear, feelings of not being good enough, let me tell you that everybody has those underlying beliefs about themselves. But the difference is that some people just push past those feelings and just show up and do it. Anyway, and I'm not saying it's that easy. I'm not saying that you you are not going to have to do any work to get to that point. But sometimes it's just about recognizing that you might have a purpose or a mission that is so profound and so powerful. And until you actually let yourself go through this process, you might never work out what that is. And Other people are never going to be able to benefit from that either. So it's so important, um, you know, like even though I have felt so much fear, so much resistance, so many feelings of discomfort doing this podcast and now again 
with Boston Hills TV. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how much <laughs> fear and feelings of discomfort have come up for me doing Boston Hills TV. My gosh, like, and I'm just getting started and I'm just honoring where I'm at. But the point is that I've learned that I just have to feel the fear and just do it anyway, because just like the podcast, I was petrified when I started this podcast. I was petrified when I started showing up online. I hated it. I was actually embarrassed by what I was putting out there. Like it brought up so many feelings of discomfort. I can't even tell you, but Now it's gotten to a point that by doing that, it's made me be able to express myself in a different way. It's made me, you know, reach new audiences and new heights. It's made me start living out my purpose and living out my wildest dreams. It has profoundly improved my life in every single way possible. And I want the same for you, but it all starts by putting yourself out there, biting that, you know, (laughs) biting those feelings and just doing it anyway. And so I really wanted to kind of like share some of the key elements of being able to build a personal brand and to be able to show up in the way that you should start showing up. And the first point that I wanted to share with you is the importance of creating a clear message. Every single one of us has got a story to tell. Every single one of us. Even if we think we're boring and we're not interesting and no one cares about that, They are the very things that people relate to and they're the things that no one else talks about, but everyone wishes that someone talked about it. For example, everything that I talk about on this podcast, or if you go back and listen to one of my earlier podcast episodes, a solo episode where I spoke about my personal story and overcoming extreme shyness and finding my purpose. I'll find the episode and I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. I can't remember what episode number it is. But like me sharing my vulnerability in terms of me getting bullied as a young child and then this theme of keeping myself small throughout my childhood and adolescence and into my professional career and how I felt like I was this, you know, humongous being that was trapped inside this like tiny body. And I felt so much more powerful than I was letting myself express. I was constantly holding myself back. I was constantly keeping myself small. And I realized that I was doing that because I didn't want to get seen. I didn't want to get heard. I didn't want to be bullied. And so it was like a protective mechanism which kicked in, which kept me small. But me sharing The fact that one, I went through that, like I was bullied really badly um, as a child and it had a significant impact in terms of my self-worth, in terms of what I was able to do, what I, how I felt like I could show up, what I could accomplish, what kind of impact I could make. It negatively impacted my life in every way possible. I kept myself small 
for so long and it's almost like that part of me got stuck and that part of me continued. Your body operates in, you know, fight or flight mode and I was operating from a place of, you know, being really protective and my defenses came into play and that serves you in like, you know, the wilderness, um, you know, these fight or flight or flight, fight or flight, you know, mechanisms can be really useful in terms of, you know, getting us out of harm's way or making sure that we're not walking out in front of a car or, you know, running away from danger. But when it comes to living out your life's purpose, there's no place for it. And the thing is your body doesn't know the difference between, you know, the the fear of, you know, being, you know, in harm's way versus the fear of, you know, showing up online. It's the same. So whilst it's got a really great purpose for one, it's hindering you in another way and just really recognizing how that played out in my life and then the work that I've since done to overcome my fears, you know, overcome these insecurities, start showing up online in the way that I do, start living out my passion and my purpose and doing things that constantly terrify me, but I do them because I'm so driven by a higher purpose and I'm so operating from a place of flow. And like, I would not be able to do these things had I, you know, kept myself small and kept myself operating from that place. So that's my story. And I didn't even think that I had a story, but that is my story. And the reality is that every single one of us has got a story. Every single one of us has got something to say. Every single one of us has got some sort of scar or bruise or something that happened to us that has shaped us into becoming the person that we are today. What is that? And, you know, what is that, you know, mess that can become your message? You know, what was that for you? Because so often people are inspired by other people that have gone through similar things and have prevailed. And maybe that person is only two or three steps ahead of where that person is because they that person is relatable to them. Whereas the person who I admire most in terms of their career and the way that they show up, and you've probably heard me talk about this before because she's like the person that I most admire, it's Oprah Winfrey. But the thing is, you know, she's, you know, miles ahead of where I am. So the thing is, as much as she inspires me and as much as I devour her content and take in every single thing that she says and the way that she shows up and her presence and the light that she is in this world, she's not going to be as relatable to me yet because I'm not operating at the same place that she is. But what is interesting and what is really practical for me is looking at people that are doing the things that I want to be doing, but are only two or three steps ahead of me. So that is something to keep in mind that you're going to learn 
from people that are two or three steps ahead of you and people want to learn from you that are two or three steps behind you and start talking to those people. Start letting your mess become your message and start helping those people that are going through the things that you were going through, you know, five or 10 or 15 years ago or more. And so that is really what I wanted to share in terms of creating a clear message. Um, I recently heard this relationship expert by the name of Stacey Martino, and she used the example of her own personal story and her marriage breaking down and how Stacey was able to transform her own marriage and then together with her husband have built this hugely successful coaching business, teaching others to do the same. So, in the beginning, like this is how they sort of figured out how to teach someone else the results that they had achieved. You know, it was like asking the questions in terms of what do I need to teach them to do? What do I need to ensure they know not to do? And in which order will this make sense to them? So, these questions formed the basis for which Stacy and her husband created their relationship methodology and they have now created this eight-step relationship transformation system with over 300 tools in their relationship development toolkit and their relationship program has got a 1% divorce rate and a 99% success rate over the past six years. So that is another example of someone letting their mess become their message and building a whole brand and business around that. So the question that I want to ask you is, what is that one thing inside of you that feels like it's common knowledge? That thing that you've gone through that you might feel a little bit of shame around or you might feel really uncomfortable around or it's that story that's been buried deep inside of you that you've been too scared to share with anyone. What is that thing that you can start talking about? What is that thing that you can start building in to your story? And the reality is that no one's walked in your shoes and everybody has got their own unique story to tell. But the thing is, that's your own unique power. So coming back to this concept of letting your mess become your message and developing a really clear message around what is it that you want to say? Because I think it's great to build a personal brand, but what is the thing that you want to talk about? How do you want to start showing up? And that then kind of leads me into my strategy number two, which is around finding your niche. So once you've established sort of what your message is, what your story is, the next step is to find what your niche and it's to actually really drill down into like the specific minutia detail around exactly what your niche is and exactly who you're talking to. So asking yourself the question, you know, who is your dream client? Who are you speaking to? And, you know, targeting anyone and everyone. Firstly, it's overwhelming. 
Secondly, it's ineffective. And thirdly, it's too expensive. If you're trying to talk to everyone, you're talking to no one. And for many of us, as it is for me, our dream client is the person that we were five or 10 years ago, or maybe even two years ago. So the people that often approach me for private coaching are people that are maybe a few steps behind where I am now, but they want to do a similar thing to what I'm doing. And they relate to me because I'm, I've already gone through it, but I'm only two or three steps ahead of them. I'm not in a completely different stratosphere to them. So they can relate to me and where I'm at in terms of my story. And they are my dream client. So my dream client are people that have, have this theme of keeping themselves small, knowing that they can accomplish so much more, wanting to step out and use their voice and their authentic power to show up in a really meaningful way, but they're too scared to, or they get stuck or they don't quite know how to get there or what to do. And they feel like there's this overwhelming fear of who am I to you know, start showing up in this way? Because that's exactly where I was operating from. And therefore, I'm I'm attracting people um, from a coaching perspective that I have gone through a very similar path or are on a similar path to where I was a little while ago. So, you know, you're the more like of a niche you have, the more targeted your message will become and the more confidence you'll gain. So you might not know what your niche is to begin with, and that's okay. It takes time, but the point is to start thinking about it. the start. The point is to start thinking more broadly and then like hone in on that and see what sticks with people, like see what resonates. Like you might be like, you know what? I want to do this broad thing around, you know, personal development, helping people reach their goals. Cool. That's quite broad. When you start to go through that process, you'll start to see what kinds of people you're attracting and then you'll be able to really like niche down and get into, you know, something really specific. And so your niche could be something really from anything to do with, you know, helping people to sell their, you know, secondhand handbags, for example. Um, it could be helping mums who are balancing full-time jobs to prioritize themselves first and to have more self-care and self-love. Or, you know, it could be helping perfectionists to build their coaching businesses, for example. So there are a few things that you can do to really, you know, work out what your niche is, who you're talking to, who your dream client is. So um, that is strategy number two, to find your niche and to Find your dream client and know exactly who you're talking to and exactly who you're targeting. The third strategy that I have is to build a framework. So once you have determined your dream client, you then need to build a framework that your business is going to operate from. So I recently listened to a branding workshop that Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson and Dean Gracioso ran. 
And Russell Branson, as part of this workshop, he shared his four key steps to creating a framework. And I thought it was a really effective way of of really framing it and thinking about it and strategizing around it. So I'm going to share those four steps with you now. So step number one is story, which is telling the story of the process of how you learned or earned your knowledge or your achievement or your experiences or your skills or whatever it is. And Russell is really big on on stories as am I. I think storytelling is really powerful tool to use. And um, you know, he kind of said it in a way that um kind of talks to the importance of storytelling and says that, you know, without telling a story, no one is going to buy into your strategy. So you really need to kind of like work out what is your story? Who am I? What was that problem that I went through? How did I come out of it? And now what is it that I'm doing to help other people, you know, to be able to do the same? So point number two is strategy. So creating an overview of that frame framework and setting out exactly what you're going to be doing and why you are doing it. So, you know, what is the purpose behind it? Um, what is your sort of offering? Um, and why are you offering this service? Um, step number three is tactics. So he talks about this in the sense of really nutting out, you know, how you're going to do it. So tactics is all around the how and providing a step-by-step guide as to how someone is actually going to sort of go through, you know, this, this framework or these series of steps or program that you're developing. And then the fourth step is to develop some sort of social proof or provide real life examples and to really be able to provide evidence that what you did for yourself worked, that it was effective and that it will also work for them as well. So without these real life case studies, whether it's talking about yourself or talking about other clients that you've worked with, you know, no one's going to believe the results. No one's going to buy into the results. Like people want to see tangible, real results. And so telling people about your story and your own experience of working through your framework. So that is strategy number three is to build a framework. The fourth strategy that I wanted to share with you is around personality and connection. And I have heard Jenna Kutcher talk about this. I think it might've actually been in the same course that I did around branding. And she spoke to the difference between a business and a brand. And a business is effectively the product, the service, the, you know, offering that you're selling to the world. And then a the a brand is actually the personality behind those offers. Like who are you? What is your personality? Um, what's your character like? You know, what are people you know, people are going to be drawn, you know, more to the personality behind the brand. So, um, I really love the way that she framed it. And she said that, you know, we matter more than the logos, the fonts and the design. And it's so true. Like, you know, we spend this excruciating amount of time, you know, picking out colors, picking out fonts, obsessing over logos, obsessing over colors and, you know, these kinds of things. But you know, aesthetics is important. Um, don't get me wrong. I think that aesthetics definitely has a role to play. I think that aesthetics lures people in. It's, you know, the first thing that people see. But then the thing that 
connects people to the aesthetic or it connects to the brand is, you know, who you actually are as a person, you know, who you actually are as a human being. That is the thing that people relate to more than they relate to the logo, for example. So, don't hold yourself back because of the way that something looks like. Don't spend, you know, 15 months trying to develop some branding guidelines and and not move forward because of that. Um, Realize that, yes, it's important to get these things done and to have these things there, but focus on, you know, the things that people are really going to latch onto, which is around that real human connection. And when we focus on connection and feelings, it allows us to show up in an entirely different way. And when we try to focus on showing up as the, you know, glitziest, almost glamorous, almost perfect version of ourselves, what happens is we actually lose our ability to truly connect with other human beings because people don't connect with fake People connect with real. And by you constantly trying to show up as this perfect, glamorous version of yourself, people are now catching on to that more and more. People can sense that that's not real or that you're not showing them your full self. And like, I will even just give an example of this podcast just to kind of like bring this point home. When I started this podcast, I was so out of my depth. I had no idea what I was doing and I felt really nervous and uncomfortable about it. And I also kind of went into the mode of, oh, I've got to be professional, Lara, and I've got to, you know, put on my like HR professional voice and I've got to show up in a certain way and I have to say the perfect thing at the perfect time. And at the beginning of me doing these podcast episodes, I used to get this podcast edited like a professional edit where I would hand it over to Darcy, who's my podcast editor, and he would go through everything minute by minute and he would pull out all of the ums and all of the ahs and, you know, all of those unperfect moments, should say imperfect moments. There you go. Isn't it ironic that I just said the imperfect thing about the word imperfect? But anyway, Um, I'm not going to cut that out because that's who I am. This is how I speak. So I used to start off, you know, heavily editing the podcast because I wanted to, to be this perfect professional podcast. But what I realized was more interesting was me being me and me being real. And that actually fumbling my way through was so much more real and relatable to the point that I don't edit this podcast anymore. So the only thing that gets edited in this podcast is that, you know, Darcy will stick my intro and outro on and he'll run like a clean sort of sound through it just so that the sound quality sounds really good um, and polished from that perspective. Um, Other than that, nothing gets taken out of this podcast, uh, especially for these solo episodes, like the only time something might get an edit is if, you know, I have a guest on the show and, you know, they might've revealed too much because we were in the flow. And then later they said, oh, Lara, I think I sort of prematurely talked about that business idea. Do you mind if we take it out and 
that's fine. You know, that's kind of the degree of edit that my podcast now gets. Um, other than that, these solo episodes do not get edited at all. And it will be one out of 10 episodes, which might get a slight edit when I'm editing a guest. And that's only sort of at their request and not at mine. So, um, just learning that it's so much more interesting to be real, to show our vulnerability, to show our less perfect side. You know, vanilla is boring. (laughs) Being so perfect all the time, it's like, it's tiring and people don't relate to that because that's not real. So, um, I hope that example just kind of gives you a little bit more context and helps you kind of like relate to what I'm trying to convey here, um, is to really start to show your real authentic self and that that is the thing that people relate to. And I felt so much more comfortable and so much more ease. It's actually just easier being myself and it's actually easier just completely relaxing into who I am. And what I find now is when I meet people in real life after they've only seen me online or after they've only heard me on the podcast, they're like, oh, wow, you like, you speak exactly how you do online or how you do on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> that's me. This is how I talk. This is who I am. I'm not trying to show up as one person online anymore and then show up as someone completely different in real life. Like this is who I am and this is my real authentic self, you know, imperfections and all. And that is what feels so liberating and so empowering. And I think really helped elevate the podcast and be able to achieve all of the things that I've been doing and get the recognition that I have is because I am so real and um, people find that relatable. And I know when other people are really real, I find that relatable too. So, um, it's all about personality and connection. So, really keeping that authenticity in mind as you're sort of building out your personal brand in whatever it is that you're trying to do. And the fifth point that I wanted to share with you is around content creation. And again, this is something that I learned from Jenna Kutcher. And she talks about the fact that your brand should really consist of five key pillars. And these key pillars can be anything that's of interest to you. And so, the way that she sort of described it, which I find so interesting, is if you were to have your own personal magazine, what topics would you want to read in that magazine? So, you know, for example, for Jenna, her five key pillars are around family, business, body positivity, lifestyle, and travel. So for me, when I think about these five five key pillars, it's all around personal development, career, organization, interior design, and relationships. Like they're the things that I'm really interested about. So everything that I kind of talk about is generally centered around those key pillars. And the way that Jenna describes it is to have just, you know, one of those topics to be about what your product or your service or your offering is. So, one of them could be about your business or one of them could be about your product or the service. But then the thing is, 
you then want to be connecting with your audience, you know, four out of five times around the things that are more around who you actually are as a person and what your personal interests are. And, you know, whether it is, you know, showing the fact that you're interested about travel and, you know, maybe you're a real foodie and, you know, you like sort of showing, you know, your restaurant adventures and experiences, or maybe you love fashion and, you know, your posts are around, you know, these types of things. But then four, so four out of five times you're talking about what your interests are. And then one out of every five times you're talking about, you know, pushing your product or your business or your service level offering. And this allows you to sell authentically through serving because you're not just pushing your I, your product onto other people. You're actually providing value to people first. You're actually have a business model which is around serving other people and providing value to the lives of other people and positively impacting other people and giving things away for free, you know, and genuinely wanting to provide content that is going to help other people or help inspire them or help empower them or help engage them or help them work out some sort of problem. So you want to be talking about those kinds of things, you know, providing that value four out of five times before you then ask for something else. And I think Gary V talks about something similar as well. Um, I don't know if it's like jab, jab, hook or something. I don't know. I probably really butchered that title, but he talks about the fact that you should give away content for free and then go in for the sell. You know, no one's going to respond to you just trying to push out product. Like you need to build a personal brand. You need to build a brand that people trust, that people relate to. And then through doing that, you know, the product the service offering will then follow from there. So I hope that that makes sense. Um, but I really wanted to talk about this because I'm so passionate about building a personal brand. And like I said at the start of this episode, I know how uncomfortable it is to show up in this way. Um, the other thing that I will say is to really work out, you know, what are what are your marketing funnels? You know, what are the couple of channels or platforms that you think are going to speak most to your audience that make more sense for you? So for example, when I think about, you know, what are my, what are my platforms? You know, where do I want to show up? It's for me, the three key ways that I show up is one on this podcast. So every Thursday, um, Australian Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m., a new podcast episode goes out without fail. Doesn't matter what is happening. I will put everything down and my podcast gets released at 6 a.m. every single Thursday. So I show up really consistently for this podcast every week. I also show up a lot on Instagram and I also show up on LinkedIn. So they are kind of like my three key platforms. What I will say is whenever you think about what kind of platforms work for you, if you're trying to build out your personal brand, you know, think about what feels authentic to you, but then also think about, you know, where is your audience? Like if you're in the more like sort of B2B world, then maybe like LinkedIn is where you want to be. Whereas if you're, you know, trying to engage, you know, other 
sort of um, content creators or you know, people that are in a certain demographic, um, you know, maybe like Instagram is for you, or maybe if you, um, you know, maybe if you think that you need a longer form platform in order to share meaningful ideas with people and being able to really, you know, help people gain insights through audio form, you know, maybe podcasting for you, maybe YouTube is for you, maybe Clubhouse, you know, um, what is it for you? You know, what is it that is going to work for you? What is it that's going to work for your audience? Who are you talking to? And then choose your platforms accordingly. I don't believe in trying to be on every single platform and doing it poorly. I think that you can choose a few and do those few really well. But I will say, you know, and again, I think this is something that I learned from Gary V because um, he's been so good at predicting future insights, but don't just rely on one platform and one platform alone. So for example, if you are on Instagram and you show up nowhere else, what happens if Instagram shut down one day, you know, and you have no presence anywhere else, you have no online presence on any other platform other than Instagram, what are you going to do? And so I think you do have to think about, you know, a good two or three core platforms or channels that you're going to utilize and then really kind of like let that be your marketing funnel to, you know, whatever your call to action is, you know, whether it is your website, whether it is, you know, jumping on and purchasing something or product or whatever. Um, but yeah, just having a bit of a think about that as you do think about your your personal brand is, you know, what are those platforms that are going to work for you? So just to summarize my five key strategies on how to build a personal, powerful personal brand are number one, to create a clear message and to allow your mess to become your message. Number two is to find your niche and to really drill down and hone in on what your niche is. The third strategy is to build a framework and follow those four key steps around story, strategy, tactics, and social proofing slash personal examples. The fourth is to really focus on your personality and building a genuine connection with people. And the fifth is around content creation and thinking about these five key pillars as though you had a personal magazine, you know, what topics would you want to read? And then adopting the philosophy of, you know, four things around your personal brand and then one is specific to your your business. So I hope that you found those strategies useful. I hope that you find these solo episodes useful. If you have any particular topics that you really want me to share and delve into, then let me know. You can always contact me on Instagram by direct messaging me. My Instagram handle is at bossinghills underscore. You can also send me an email, lara at bossinhills.com. You can submit a contact form inquiry on my website, bossinhills.com. And you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, which is Lara Nassassian. And I'll put all of the links for those in the show notes. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, if you guys are enjoying these episodes, then please take a moment to subscribe 
rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also jump on to YouTube, my new show, Boss in Heels TV. It is the start of so much more to come and I'm so excited to be on a brand new platform and overcoming my fears just as you guys are. Um, I'm not immune to any of those feelings of discomfort as I spoke about at the beginning of this episode, but I would so love and appreciate if you, if you could take a moment to support my new LinkedIn channel and also just take like a screenshot and like share this on your socials. Let me know what your key takeaway was. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your, you know, your boss, your coworker, your team to listen to these episodes and to subscribe to the Boston Hills podcast. It really goes such a long way. And this is such a beautiful community that I'm so honored to have created and to be a part of like I cannot tell you like how beautiful you guys are and how much I just really feel the love and support that comes this way through the podcast so thank you so much to all of you for all of your support all of your beautiful reviews and ratings and messages and sharing and all of that kind of stuff like I really do not take it lightly and I really do appreciate everyone's efforts in supporting the show. So thank you so much. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day, evening, week, you know, whatever it is. Um, And I can't wait to be back here next week for a brand new show and brand new episode of Boston Hills. Take care and bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boston Hills podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources, and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.